back at school every Thursday we have a chapel service. Period four, we shuffle into this hall for chapel. And generally the first few rows were filled with the well-behaved, goody-two-shoes, teacher's pets types. And they would walk in with their uniforms all done perfectly and they'd sit quietly and wait for the service to start. And they'd sing the worship songs with true passion, at least it looked like true passion. And they'd bow their heads in the prayer. Sometimes they'd even get invited up to pray. And then during the sermon, they'd nod along and they'd laugh at the jokes, even if the jokes weren't funny. Uh, and then if the preacher did any kind of response, if he said, you know, raise your hand or come up, if you asked for any kind of response, they'd always respond. But there was another group who sat at the back. And they were, um, they were not so goody two-shoes, not so well-behaved, far from teacher's pets types. And that was the group of which I was a part. And, um, uh, uh, our uniforms didn't look anywhere near as good. I mean, people say I look rough now. Imagine me as a teenager. Oh, rough as guts. And um, uh, we sang the hymns. We were making up silly lyrics all the time to entertain ourselves. And we giggled during the prayers. And we talked during the sermon. And we never responded. And you might think, well, at least you were in the back and you didn't bother anyone. You didn't get in trouble. But alas... Most of our uh, chapel services were run by our principal, Neville Pollard, and he had two lazy eyes, which you think would be a disability, but um, no, for a teacher it's like a superpower, because you never knew if he was looking at you. So like, <laughs> he could be staring in this direction, and you could be back where Jeff is, and he's talking, he goes, Jeff, shut your mouth! <laughs> He'd always catch you, and he caught us a lot. Many, many times we got in trouble. <laughs> Jeff wasn't talking, it's just because he's up back. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember one particular Thursday, I was sitting with three of my friends. <laughs> I was sitting with my friend Harry. Now Harry was a, an artist, a really creative guy, but his mother had been ill his whole life, been in bed for most of his life. So Harry had a lot of anger, a lot of anger in him, and he often got in trouble. And then there was my friend Lisa. And Lisa was the girl who used to always get up and run out of class crying every single day. And we thought, oh, she's just a dramatic teenage girl. But one day we went to her house after school and her father came out stumbling drunk about 3.30 in the afternoon. And she said, oh, don't worry about him, he's always like this. And it was just her and her dad at home and he was an alcoholic. So she had her troubles and she was often getting into trouble as well. And then there was Roy. And Roy was an incredibly funny person, one of the funniest people I've ever met, but could also be very, very dark. And he struggled with depression, and he struggled with depression for most of his life. So I'm sitting there with Harry and Lisa and Roy, and Roy told a joke, and we all laughed, and the principal blew up. He blew up. He said, look, you four, you've got a fantastic example of how to behave down the front here but you seem intent on ignoring it. And he said, he said, how can you be like this in the presence of the Lord? And he threw us out, threw us out of chapel. <laughs> and we were waiting out the front, all four of us, uh, for chapel to finish and for the principal to come and give us our attentions. And um, uh, uh, it was Harry. Harry said, I can't wait to be done with school so I never have to deal with church again. And it was kind of like he'd been told so many times that he didn't know how to behave, that he wasn't fit to be in the presence of the Lord, that he decided, fine, 
Well, I want his bother. It was as if the church was head to hell with him, so he's head to hell with the church. And, and the sad thing is, all three of them stuck to that resolution. None of them have ever had anything to do with the church or with Christianity ever since. And you can even say that their relationship with uh, Christianity is hostile. They hate it. They hate it. They don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. But when we look at the story of Christmas, we see that this idea that only certain people of a certain standard are worthy of being in the presence of God is just nonsense. We see that it's totally untrue. For a start, we have Mary and Joseph. Mary would have been like 13 years old. Joseph, maybe 14, are very young. All the pictures have Joseph with a beard. He wouldn't have had a beard. He wasn't much more than a boy. And they were not married, but pregnant. A thing of terrible, terrible shame back then. A, a, a real scandal. So much so that they were going back to uh, Joseph's hometown. You know, this is his hometown. He would have had relatives there. He would have aunts and uncles he could have stayed with or maybe a grandparent, maybe even his own parents, but none of them would have him because of the shame he brought on the family. So they were forced to go to a hotel, and they went to a, an inn, and there was no room, so the innkeeper said, well, you can sleep where the guests leave their animals. They used to leave them in this courtyard in the middle. So they did, and that's where they had their baby. And meanwhile, shepherds, there were some shepherds out in the field watching their flocks by night, as the song says. And shepherds at the time were considered the most uncouth, poorly behaved, despicable human beings on earth. They were hard swearing, hard drinking, unclean physically, unclean spiritually, just ratbags, misfits. They were not allowed in most towns and they were most definitely not allowed in the synagogue which is the church of the time. And if you ask somebody on the street at that time, who would you say is least fit to be in the presence of the Lord? They would say a shepherd. A shepherd. But while those shepherds were there tending their flock by night, the night sky lit up. A big, bright, brilliant light. And all these angels appeared and they said, a saviour has been born. He's lying in a manger. And then more angels came and they sang, glory to God in the highest. This amazing, brilliant, fantastic sound. It was like our songsters on steroids. A massive sound. It was amazing. And the shepherds, the shepherds went off and found the baby Jesus. They found the Lord. Now here's a remarkable thing. Who did God invite first into the presence of the Lord? The shepherds. The unclean physically, unclean spiritually, hard swearing, hard drinking, outcast shepherds. They were the first to be invited into the presence of the Lord. And I wish I could have my time again with my three friends. And I wish I could say to them, don't you see, guys? You lot are the shepherds. And the Lord lights up the night sky with a choir of angels to invite the likes of you into the presence of the Lord. And my message for you today is, 
Know that the Lord wants you in His presence. Whatever you've done, the Lord wants you in His presence. However you feel about yourself, the Lord wants you in His presence. No matter what you've been told about yourself, the Lord wants you in His presence. No matter who you are, or what you've done, or how you feel about yourself, the Lord sends choirs of angels to invite you into His presence. So come and behold Him. Come and behold Him this Christmas. Amen. Invite the guys up and pray.